So tonight we are um, in our series on prayer and just want to take some time tonight to kind of go a little bit deeper in defining prayer and what prayer is really all about and how important it is that really that we understand, and I've said this to you many times, but that prayer is, is it's connection with God. Um, it's, it's, you know, it, it's in whatever way that we have to or whatever way possible that we can communicate with him, that we can connect with him. And um, so tonight we're going to look at some of the foundational scriptures that we've talked about in the first two um, sessions, but we're going to go a little bit deeper and, and just spend some time really, you know, really focusing on what that looks like, you know, what prayer looks like. Because when you see the word prayer, when you see the word prayer in, in scripture, prayer is just kind of the word is is in a general way it's it's the just the general understanding of communicating and connecting with god and one of the verses that we've looked at the last couple of weeks it's found in ephesians 6 and 18 and it says praying always with all manner with all prayer or all manner of prayer, one translation. One translation says all types of prayer and supplication in the Spirit. I don't believe that the Apostle Paul was, you know, repeating himself in talking about prayer and supplication. I believe prayer in a general sense is communicating with God, but there's different types of prayer. And and I want to look at that tonight. I want to I talk about at least seven or eight different types of ways that we connect and communicate with God, because that's what prayer is. Remember that tonight. We're talking about our connection with God, and there's different ways to connect with Him, but all of those, all the things that we're going to talk about tonight are prayer. But prayer in, in the scriptures that we're looking at in, in, in a general sense, is connecting with God. So, <clears throat> I want to say it another way. I want to say it like this. If, if I'm, <clears throat> you know, when, when my wife and I go on a date night and we go do something together, we purpose that... If there's anything to talk about that doesn't have to do with just her and I, that if we're going to go on a date night, I mean, you know, usually we don't go on a date night in Kerrville, you know, <laughs> boring, you know. <clears throat> so, so we're going to go somewhere else like Austin or San Antonio if it's just a date night, right? But we like to get everything out of the way before we leave town or maybe 15 minutes down the highway so that we can communicate and we can have connection together we can talk about us if 
you're married, if you're one with someone, you have to have communication or the marriage won't work. One of every two marriages in America end in divorce is what they say, whoever they are. They say statistics says that's what happens. And the main reason is because there's no connection. Well, in Ephesians chapter 5, when it talks about the marriage relationship between a husband and a wife, he said, that's a great mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. What he's really talking about is the relationship between Jesus, the head, and the church. And there has to be a connection there the same way there has to be a connection in any type of relationship that you have with people. There has to be a a connection. And that is really the way I see it. Now, you may may not totally agree with the way I'm defining this, but this is what I see that prayer is. We see in Scripture where there's one passage where Jesus prayed all night long. Everybody say all night. So what does that look like? Did Jesus say, well, I want to really be spiritual, so I'm going to go and just stay on my face all night long? No. That wasn't Jesus. You know what Jesus did? He got alone And he connected with the Father, and it lasted all night. There was communication and connection. And in the story I'm talking about, and it said, and then he appointed the 12 disciples. So that was an important deal. Right? And you remember Jesus said, I never do anything except what I get from the Father. So, <clears throat> in Luke 18.1, which has kind of been our foundation scripture, and I just want to read it again, it's just the, the first verse of Luke 18. Then Jesus spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray. How often? Always. What did it say in Ephesians 6? Praying always. The other scripture, we're not going to just turn there. It's only five words. But it says in, in, uh, in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, it said uh, that we're to pray without ceasing. In other words, that means in the world we live in, that means 24-7 praying all the time. And I told you that... <clears throat> Your head, if you're trying to understand that with your head, your head will go tilt and, and you, won't, you'll, you'll, you won't embrace what real prayer is. But when you begin to understand it from the heart, there'll be times when God pulls you away and, and you start praying about a specific thing and it could last all night. If Jesus, if Jesus, the head of the church, had to pray all night. And when I say he had to, he prayed and stayed connected to God all night with a major decision that needed to be made. That's a, that's a type of prayer. That is a type of praying. It's not the only way to pray, but that's a type of praying. There was other times that we saw that he prayed for an hour, that he prayed for several hours. 
But what we know is he got away from all the distractions of life and he got with God and he communed and connected with him and he changed the whole world. One man turned the whole world upside down. Yeah, but, you know, he was God. He was all God, but he was all man. And I'll just tell you tonight that you are all God and all man. Because we were created in his image. Right? We're him and we're all human beings. We live in this body, but that's not the real us. The real us is him in us. That's the real us. And so we have to learn how to connect with him on a day-to-day basis, 24-7. And what I believe this, this praying without ceasing, as it says in, in Luke 18, 1, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, not to give up. And what I really believe is that it's an attitude that, in, in other words, <clears throat> I'm not going to try to connect with God and then quit. I'm going to stay connected with God. And I'm going to stay connected with him, and I'm going to stay to a place where I'm always aware of him and his presence in the things that, that I'm attempting to accomplish, realizing if I make a decision without him, it's going to fall flat. Um, I had a, I had a guy just the other day had contacted me and he, he was asking me this question. It was really funny because I've seen this happen a lot, but he's asking me this question. He said, what do you think about these Christians that are like quitting with the word that, that they've realized that a lot of what they thought was real and true is not really true. And I said, well, like, who are you talking about? So he, he named a number of different people. And a couple of the people that I'd heard of their testimonies, how they'd been real involved in, in church life and worship and things and, you know, traveled around the world, did all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden... Now they get on social media and they're telling people they don't really believe in God. He, this guy was just telling me that. And he said, so wh- wh- what, what, do you, what do you think? And I said, uh, well, there's only one answer. <laughs> they quit. They just quit. Because if you've tasted of the good things of God... You're born again and you've tasted of the good things of God and now you're being talked out of those things, you quit. You didn't stay with it. And he was saying, you know, he, this guy was telling me, he said, like there's this following of these people. These different people, there's like this huge following. And I said, you know what? You know, what does that have to do with us? I didn't have anything to do with me. I said, I could be critical and I could get on social media and tell you, what am I doing this for? (laughs) I could get on social media and do this, you know. Social media on a computer? Come on. No. I could get on social media and, you know, say all this. What's that going to do? 
But you know what I can do? Pray. Glad you told me. Add them to my list. Right? Because the only difference in them and me is that daily light is coming into my soul. I choose to start straying and tired of this and I don't want to do that anymore and I don't like all. Same stuff will set in in me. God's no respecter of person. It's what we do with what he's done for us. He is no respecter. He's done everything for all of us one time and it's a finished work. Whether it works for me is whether I do something with it. Plain and simple. I'm telling you tonight, it's not that difficult. God didn't set this thing up that difficult. But what he wants is for you and I to believe, number one, that he's real, and that he wants you to believe that you're a joint heir with him, and that you have a responsibility in the earth to do what he says. That's, that's why Jesus said, I only do, in so many scriptures, he said, I only do and say and operate based on what Father says. If Father doesn't say it, we don't do it. But if Father says it, then we do it and we follow through with it and we don't quit and we go to the end because Father wouldn't have said do this and then it not come through. Not going to happen. A lot of what doesn't happen is the lack of connection with God And when you don't have that day-to-day connection because you've not worked on that connection, then what happens is you just quit. You get tired. You're not bad if you quit. It's just you're not going to be rewarded. You're not going to continue to live in what God intended for us to have. Years ago, just giving you another example of this. Years ago, I knew a person that they had, they had been in a, in a rehab from just drug addiction and different things. And they'd, they'd come through that. And in that rehab, I think they were in it for 30 days. I mean, they had a, they had a spiritual awakening in this rehab. It was real. It was a good, it was an amazing thing. And they got through the rehab and back into the real world. <clears throat> and what that person wanted was for that experience to carry him now. And the experiences don't carry us. Because now, you know, and, and when he came into my world after the rehab, and I spent probably three or four years with the guy, you know, try, attempting to help him. But, but when it came down to what he needed to do today, all he wanted to talk about is what happened back there. Now, it's a good thing when you talk about what happened way back there, 2,000 plus years ago, what Jesus did at Calvary, but not just always, you know, thank God for the great experiences and the times that we've had with the things of God, but what's happening right now? Huh? We need the good stuff now. We need the word working for us now. We need a connection with God now that it produces what we call prayer. Connection, one with God, 
and accomplishing things through that relationship with God. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So, <clears throat> so I want to look at what it talked about what we, as we read Ephesians 6 and verse 18. Praying always with all manner or all, all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to the end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, I'm just going to define those two words, prayer and supplication. Prayer is a connection with God. Supplication is a type of prayer that has to do with asking. Supplicating, we're asking God for specific things. But one thing that people have to get is asking as a form of prayer, asking God for things, is not the only type of prayer. Let me, just, let me just give you this example and then smile at me when I say this, okay? But who likes being around somebody that's always just asking you for something? They, they never ask you something about how you're doing. They never say, it. it's just anytime they call you or, they, or, they, or, or they're, you know, wanting to talk to you, it's because they, they want something from you. I, I feel like the Father's no different. And there are different kinds of prayer. Asking is an important form of prayer. It's important, but that's not all there is. So he said, prayer of all kinds and supplication. Connection with God, communing with God, and learning how to ask God for something. The Bible says you have not because you what? Ask not. You ask and receive not because you're not asking the right way. Well, I feel like every form and every type of prayer is about asking the right and the correct and the proper way. That we have to ask correctly. We have to know how to ask and not just throwing it out there and just hoping God's going to hear us. I promise you, God is, has no hearing issues. He has no hearing aids. He can hear very well. But we've got to ask in the correct and the proper way. So, I'm going to go through a couple things, and then we're going to look at a, at a true type of supplication and asking that produces fruit. So, just in looking at different kinds of prayer that have to do with our connection with God. So, I'm going to go through a list here, and I'm going to ask you to think about each of these. So, as we were singing the song earlier, Keyboard was being played, guitar was played, Corey was singing this song. Did that song minister to you? Okay? And, and when, we, when we pick songs to sing, we're not going to pick, we're, we're not going to preach faith and sing songs of unbelief. It's contradictory. Right? So the songs that we sing, the worship and the praise songs that we are singing, what, what do they do to you? Make you want to quit? No, they encourage you. They build you up, right? Is that a connection with God? Yeah. So I, I would say that worship and praise is a form of 
prayer. If prayer is a connection with God, you're communing and connecting with God. So that, that's a great way to commune and what are you doing? What, what, what is it helping you do? It's helping you to renew your thought life, making you aware of how great God is. What were some of the words of that song? Um, how faithful, how faithful God is. I, I mean, how many times have you come in here, you've sung or you're listening to worship at other places, uh, you know, like at home or wherever, and you walk out of here or you walk out of the environment of worship and praise and you keep singing, right? That's why it's important what you sing. It's important what you listen to. Scripture says the measure of thought and study you give to the truth that you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. Garbage in, garbage coming back. Huh? Word and revelation coming in, truth coming in, it's going to produce the right fruit. That's what we want. Worship and praise is a form of that connection with God that we need to operate on a day-to-day basis. We have to have that. So remember that when you're thinking of all these forms of connecting with God, Listen, we can do this 24-7. Have the attitude of prayer and connection with God and not stop and not be separated from it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll do that when I have time. No, no, no. Anything you have to do, God knows the responsibilities we have, all of that. Prayer is not just being on your knees and on your face before God, you know, about specific things. It's all these other things that we're, gonna ta- that we're talking about and we'll continue to talk about. That's why we have to maintain this to be able to handle the pressure that that life produces. Um, Worship and praise. Intercession. The Bible says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for you and I. He ever lives. Where is he? At the right hand of the Father. Doing what? Interceding. Jesus, the head of the church, is speaking over the church. He's interceding for the church. That what? That we don't fail. Come on. Come on. Come on, you can do this. You can do this, right? You can do this. You can, you can, uh, come on, you can do it. I mean, I don't, I don't know what his prayer life is like at the right hand of the Father, but the scripture says that's what he does. I don't know about you, but I see where the Bible says for us to imitate him. So there are times of intercession. But I promise you that your intercession isn't going to take the place of your precious time to do other things. That we think it would. Well, you know, I can't pray all the time. I got to do all this. I got all these responsibilities. God knows that. But he said this to you so that you would be challenged to do this nonstop, 24-7, always, and have this attitude that continues, that you'd be challenged to do that so you had to do it by faith. Your natural mind's going to tell you there's no way. But in here, it's like, wow, how can I not do this? How can I not do this? When the guy calls me on the phone and says what he said about all these people with all this crazy teaching and all this kind of stuff. Well, 
I can either get wrapped up in that and get moved and let fear show, oh my gosh, you know, uh, this is going to happen and, you know, it's going to get, it's going to be like a cancer all through America and people are going to stop. Ble- what? You think that Jesus had some of those disadvantages in his day? Ha ha. Come on. No, he was a world changer. He changed the world because he only did what he got from his connection with the Father. That's prayer. All night long, he prayed. For an hour at a time, he prayed. For hours at a time, he prayed. And man, then we've got record of him doing all kinds of other things. He built furniture. Can you pray and be in an attitude of prayer if you're building furniture? Absolutely. Hmm? Can you work a job and, and you have responsibility with other people? Can, can you have an attitude of awareness of God when you're dealing with other people? You better. Huh? huh? You better. If you don't, then you're going to deal with those people what seems good and what seems good up here is not exactly and actually about 99.9% of the time it's going to be different than what Holy Ghost was saying. Got to have the connection. I mean, literally, I have to have the connection. Intercession is diff- another form of it. Supplication and asking is another, and we're going to talk about that in just a moment. Warfare is another form. And in, uh, in um, uh, Ephesians 3, it says... That the purpose of the church, in Ephesians 3.10, if you read it in the Amplified, it says this. That the purpose of the church, the purpose, the manifold purpose and wisdom of the church, that it would be made known to the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. The church's purpose is to do warfare and let the enemy know he is defeated. All his demon forces are defeated. They have no right to rule on planet earth What's in, in whatever way. And I'm telling you, there are times when you've got to be aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying because he needs you to do the warfare. Just use this as an example. This isn't what I went into yesterday doing, but I told my wife, Yesterday was a day when a number of different kinds of prayer God was requiring out of me, and part of it was warfare. And I knew what I was doing warfare for. As I was praying in the Spirit, he showed me what I was doing, and I spent a lot of my day. I don't spend a lot of my days like that, but I spent a good portion of my day in in several different forms of intercession and warfare on behalf of other people. Don't know why, entered into the day, going to do everything normal like it normally was, but it interrupted my daily routine to do what God said. That's the way Jesus lived. Like I said, he didn't, he didn't go, okay, we're going to do this all night prayer meeting. No, he, he got with the Father. Father, what, 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 what do you need? What, 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 are, what are we doing? I, I know there's some things happening. I know, you know, 
I've, I, you want me to establish this ministry in the earth and you want me to pick these certain people. I, I need to know what you want. I need to know how I should do that. Because, see, your natural mind would pick the wrong ones. Hmm? <laughs> it have to be for God to say, Bert, I want you to pick somebody from the IRS. what he did right to pick one from this or that I mean in the natural mind you'd say no nah, I don't want that guy I want this guy I don't want that person I want this one God said I'm going to show you who, to, who you're going to pick and it took him all night to get free of things don't tell me that Jesus didn't have to get clear in his mind he had to or he wasn't the perfect example for you and I to follow after yeah. He got clear in his mind, and in that situation, it took all night. All night. As we walk, as we tap into what God wants in our lives, as we're talking about tonight, we see these different forms and types of prayer. Another form of, of, of prayer, and, and to me, it's a key form of praying, and it's a prayer of consecration. There's others, and we'll talk about a few more of them next week because I want to get to this supplication here and end with this tonight. But there's, there's, there's a prayer of consecration. And to consecrate yourself is to spend time in, in a number of different ways confessing the promises of God, meditating on the promises of God. You know, worshiping and thanking God for all that he's done for you according to his promises because to consecrate yourself is to, is to consecrate or bring yourself into the way of thinking of his will and his promises. I've got to know what those are before I can ask for things and really believe to receive them. I've got to know what they are. So the prayers of consecration are at times like when something happens and it's like you got blindsided and you go, God, what, what's, what's going on here? I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated. I don't know what to do. Well, it's time to spend some time praying in the Spirit, reminding yourself of what the promises are, and consecrating yourself to the will of God in that situation. Because when you know what the will of God is through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit reveals that to you, then you can accomplish all kinds of things. Because then you get the rewards of really believing that it comes to pass. Can you say amen to that? Amen. It's vital that we understand that. So, what, what, what I, what I want to look at <clears throat> is in Philippians chapter 4. Another, another form of prayer is the prayer of faith. The prayer of asking and supplicating is similar to the prayer of faith, but next week when we look at the prayer of faith, we'll see the difference in it, okay? But tonight, I, I, I want to look at this. You, you can actually take down these two passages and you can read them because we're going to talk about them next week. But one of them is James chapter 5 and verse 15 and 16. It said, the prayer, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. 
The prayer of faith will. And in James 1, 5 through 8, it says, If any lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally and doesn't withhold, but let him ask in faith. Let him ask in faith. So the asking of the supplication type prayer is really similar to the prayer of faith, but there's a little bit of difference. But tonight I want to look at what this word supplication is and how it pertains to all the different types of prayer that we find ourselves in in our relationship with God. In Philippians 4 and verse 6, he said here, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer. So, in looking that, what he's saying is, don't be anxious, or another synonym for that word would be worried, or full of care, or stressed out, or you, you could use a number of different words that talk about this anxiety that most people turn to instead of praying. So in other words, he said, he said, he's saying here, instead of worrying, being fretful, pray. Instead of being anxious, pray. Instead of allowing stress to overtake you, pray. So he said, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. So The next little piece here is vital to you and I correctly asking God for things. I mean, if if Dale needed, if Dale needed, let's say he didn't have it, and he needed, I mean, just a basic figure, he needed a thousand dollars by tonight, okay? Because he had to pay something off, and if he didn't, there were, there were some repercussions to what he didn't pay. And so Dale goes to God, and he says, God, I gotta have this by tonight. Ah, you don't realize. And so then God looks over at the angels and said, guys, how did we miss this? I mean, how did we miss this? This is the last hour. I mean, the bank account's running short. There's probably not a thousand, maybe there's 600 in there. What? Please. That's not who we're dealing with. <laughs> he knows what you need before you need it. <laughs> before you knew that you were even going to need it. Three weeks from now, he already knew you were going to need it. So, instead of being anxious about where that's going to come from, he said where this starts in the asking is what? With thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, I mean, some people look at that as like, well, uh, so Dale comes to me and he said, uh, Pastor, uh, Scripture said for me to let my request be made known. 
so I'm telling you what I need. Problem with that is it said, let your request be made known unto God. Right? Did he say that? That's what he said. You understand what I'm saying. There may be a time when Dale comes to me and says, you know what, I, I need help in this situation. Pray about it. If I'm supposed to help him, I'll help him. You, you understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying that people don't have times when they have needs. But what God's trying to get us to is to believe he can really do it all. He can fix every situation. Why? Because he knows everything about everything, and he's got every answer already, already knows what you have need of. What he's looking for is for you to come before him like this. Father, I'm in this tight situation, and you know what it is. But Lord, I've been meditating on the fact that you meet all my needs according to your riches. And tonight I just come before you and I just thank you that you're a faithful God. You're, you're so faithful. You meet every need in my life. Now I'm, I'm, I'm just going to push this little story. Okay? So let's say Dale needed the $1,000 for an electric bill. They're cutting it off tonight. Okay? So... Dale waits till tonight to start thanking God. Is that a good thing? Yeah, no, I mean, is it a good thing that he started tonight? Yeah, he, he started tonight thanking God. Is that a good thing? Yes. Does that mean that the $1,000 by midnight will, will manifest? Absolutely not. Why? Because Dale has to believe in the process. It's not God withholding something. He has to believe in the, in the process of, okay, the last three weeks when you knew that was going to be there and you're struggling and you know you didn't have it, instead of thanking God, you were anxious and you worried. When we're anxious and we're worried, James 1, if you go read that, says, let that person expect he'll receive nothing from the Lord. Okay? I mean, if you can get the government to help you, maybe. Or your neighbor or your friend or a family member or somebody else. Somebody may help you do that. Nothing wrong with that. Did you hear what I'm saying? I'm not being critical of that. We're talking about a way of life where we know what God will do for us. And this prayer of supplication and asking God has to be done in such a way where we develop this belief that God already has the answer before I even thanked him. But I'm thanking him, not trying to get him to do something. I'm thanking him because he said, if you'll do that and get rid of the anxiety and the worry and the care, let me show you what I can do in your life. Actually, let me show you what I've already done. All these things that I've already accomplished for you. But it takes developing that prayer of supplication, that, that connection of supplication, asking God, Father, I know I've been worrying about this thing for the last three weeks, but tonight they may cut off my electricity, but I'm thanking you for how faithful that you are. You know, instead of me scrambling around trying to figure out how I'm going to pay it, I'm first and foremost going to thank you. Then God may say, you know what? To keep your electricity on, you're going to have to humble yourself and ask a friend of yours for the money. You're going to have to ask someone else for it. But God all along is saying to you, 
that's not what I want from you. What I want for you is to believe that I've got it for you. And I will get, I'll move heaven and earth for you if you will thank me instead of being anxious and fretful and worried about the situation. Did you hear what I said? See, when we're in that, in that state, then we're, we can be blessed to help someone else. But, but ultimately, it's not just helping someone else monetarily, but it's helping people with the revelation of how to do this. Because look what it said. Let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. And the peace of God, which passes all of your understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. It'll guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. When I learn how to come before him, asking him, making requests, but with thanksgiving. Father, I've got this need. You know the need. But I know your word says you meet all my need. I don't know how you're going to do it, but I believe you've made a way where it has seemed like there's no way. But Lord, I'm getting past the seeming world of how things seem to be, and I'm into the world of believing what you said is true and is coming to pass. So I will worship you from this day on, thanking you for the promises. And I tell you, when you begin to see things manifest in your life as a result of developing that kind of prayer and connection with God, there's no end to it. Because then you'll, you'll pursue 24-7 of praying without ceasing. You'll pursue that yourself because of how great God is. There's no pressure. He's not going to put something on you that you can't do. He's not going to expect something out of you that you don't have the ability to do. But I promise you, he'll put things out there to challenge you. To get you to step out in faith and, and, and pursue certain things that in the natural you didn't think you could do. You can do it. I tell you, with God, you can do all things. Everybody say, I can, I can do all things, do all things through, Christ, through Christ, who is my strength. I'm telling you, you can accomplish anything and everything. Amen. Can you say amen today? Amen. So tonight, I'm praying this prayer out of Colossians 1. <clears throat> Paul said to this church at Colossae, he said, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you. We don't cease. Every day, all the time. And to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, being fruitful in a few things. No, in every good work. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. For all patience and long suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. For he has delivered us from the power of darkness, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of his love, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our sins. You can't go wrong praying that over yourself every day and praying it over other people when you see people struggling in certain areas of their life. I'm telling you, they need prayers like that similar to that, that you work on and you develop and make it personally yourself. They need words like that declared over their life because, because one of the forms, and we'll talk about it a little bit also next week, one of the forms of intercession on behalf of other people is intercession through declaration. 
I'm going to say it again. Intercession through declaration. I'm going to show you two examples in the scripture of, of intercession through declaration. So a lot of times when I'm praying these prayers over different people or situations that I know that have arisen, as I'm praying it, I'm interceding for them through my declarations of the promises of God that I'm releasing over their life. Number one, first and foremost, that they operate in wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, that the blinders be lifted from their eyes. Listen, there's no bad human being on planet Earth, not one. Because every human being on planet Earth was created in the image of God. The difference in my actions and maybe some other people's action is the, the result or the, or the neglect or the lack of light. I know light's coming into me. It can come more. I can do better at it, and I will continue to do better. But when people have no light coming in, that's why when someone does something wrong, and they, they you know, ask you to forgive me, I shouldn't have done that. But if you've got no light coming in, you're probably going to do it again. Well, you know, I, I beat that person, and I didn't mean it, but, you know, I'm, I'm changed now. No, no such thing. The only way a person changes, the renewing of their mind. Entrance of his light, the entrance of his word brings light and it removes all darkness. No other way. No other way. Trust has to be one. For a person to be trusted again has to be one and it's not in three days. I got another story. Another phone call. I don't know how that goes. <laughs> I had to close somehow. <clears throat> this person calls me and tells me that situation happened with this wife and her husband and he did some things and shouldn't have done and then all of a sudden He's transformed. I mean, like the next day. And she's convinced, and now everything's fine, and it's going to all be great. And there's another person conveying this to me. What happened with, it, with this couple asked me for some advice on it. I said, the only advice I have is don't trust the guy. Only, I don't even know the guy. I'm just telling you, if he, well, the first thing I asked is, said, is, is, he, is he getting any kind of word whatsoever? What do you mean word? And I said, well, that's the problem right there. I'm just telling you, it's not, it's not working. There's no, there's no entrance of the word that brings deliverance from the darkness. If there's none of that, then they're still the same. A person can be sorry for their actions and what they did, but they won't change without the entrance of the word. And it has to be developed and taught in such a way where a person learns how to be a doer of that word. And if they're not, they, it's impossible. You can't change. Maybe for two weeks, maybe for six months, but somewhere, I mean, you're, in a, you're, you're, you're a bomb ready to explode again until you get set free and get delivered on. Did you hear what I'm saying? That's why these kind of things that we're talking about, that we're teaching, are so vitally important that we catch it and we make it a part of our life. God's not in a hurry for you to understand this. He just wants you to get it. God's never in a hurry. hadn't been. I mean, hadn't been. I mean, he, he just, he's so patient. So patient. He just wants you to get it. So tonight, 
My prayer is that the words that have gone forth tonight will not return void, but they will accomplish what they've been set out to accomplish.